We can rise to the occasion. We can build this nation moving forward. All that we need, visionary leadership, people who love their people, people who love the citizens, people who love the country, and then we can rise. We can fly again. Hope Restoration Ministries, restoring hope to our world. Welcome to our broadcast. Enjoy. Why do men make such bad patients? And the first point is, it all started in the garden. Men like keeping to themselves. And the reason is because in Genesis 1, God created all animals and then Adam. So Adam did not have any company. The only company that he had was animals. And therefore, he got comfortable in himself. That's why every time when a man has got problems, they always, they always retreat to a corner. They always retreat to a cave. In the house, there's always a place. They always retreat to the study. They always retreat to the bedroom. They always retreat to, to somewhere where they found comfort, a sanctuary, somewhere in their house because men like to be alone, especially when they have problems. Number two, men don't like sharing their sickness and problems. Remember the Bible says, Adam lived only with animals. So for the longest time, until God decided that man, it was not good for men to be alone, man was alone. And therefore, men never learned from the garden how to share their problems. So when, they have, when a man has a problem, he thinks it is best to keep the problem to themselves. Because they don't trust anybody else to solve their own problems. They would rather be keep quiet about their problems. And the same thing that they do with their health issues. It all started in the garden. Number three, work is more important than their health. Now, when, when you say to a man, my man, my man, my man, I'm going to give, I'm going, I'm going to put you away for three, for three days and take the order. Ah, it was <laughs> By the time I come back, there'll be no job for me. Or sometimes when a man has a problem on a Monday, He'll wait until it is Saturday when he does not have to go to work to address that problem. And sometimes by that time it is too late. And it is because men put their work ahead of everything else. And it all started in the garden because Genesis 1.15 says God took men and put him to work the garden. Because God gave a man a job first before he gave him a woman. And therefore, you must have a job and then you must have a woman. And if you can't have a job, you can't have a woman. For that reason, therefore, when we deal with men, you must understand that they put their work ahead of everything else. In fact, God blesses men with a job, and when they have a job, they don't have time to serve that God. That in peace and words, we are soon doing sensitivity. Because sometimes we turn our own blessings into idols. Ah, it's a subject for another day. About, about when, when God said, you must praise no other man. No, no other man. But, I'll come back and talk about that some other day. So, men put their work ahead of everything else. Number three, or number four, men don't like taking advice from other men. 
because men are creatures of comparison. When you have a problem, you want to compare yourself to the next man. When you have a little bit of something, you want to compare yourself to the next man. And therefore, when you have a problem, you are not sure if the next man is going to compare themselves to you, and therefore they are going to belittle you because of the problem that you have. Because we are creatures of comparison. My, my family is bigger than yours. My car is bigger than yours. It's a V8 instead of a V6. My wife is more beautiful than yours. Even when they are sitting in the toilet, they can't mind their own business. They always want to look next door. Because as men, we are creatures of comparison. It all started in the garden. When Cain saw that Abel's, Abel's sacrifice was more acceptable to God, the first thing that he should have done was to go and find out from God and said, God, but why is mine not acceptable? What is it that I can correct so that my, my sacrifice can be acceptable? But instead, he became jealous of Abel because of what? Of comparison. When Saul, Saul was jealous of David and they came back, he attacked David because when they came coming back from war, and, and men get more jealous about themselves and compare more about themselves when women are involved. You remember, you remember in First Samuel chapter 18, verse 7, Saul, Saul, Saul and, and David had come back from war and women were ululating and they were praising Saul and saying, Con and Saul had killed thousands, but they were saying to David, David had killed tens of thousands and Saul became jealous and started attacking David. It all started in the garden. Number five, men don't cry or show emotion. We are raised to say, in daughter, I can't. And as a result, we don't cry. And we forget one important thing, that crying has got spiritual benefits. Crying has got psychological benefits. When you cry, there are certain hormones that the body produces that are called endorphins, soothing hormones, hormones that give you a feel-good filter. So you always feel better after crying. And even God encourages us to cry because God, Jesus himself, in, in, one the, in the shortest verse in the Bible, John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. Because even Jesus was overwhelmed by emotion and realized the benefits, the spiritual and the medical benefits of crying. It's important to cry. Other than that, it gives those benefits. It calls and it shows people around you that you need help. Yeah. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who rejoice. And you all know this favorite verse, Psalm 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may enjoy for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It all started. In the garden. But men are important to society. They're important to society because they are the anchor of the family unit. And that's why Adam was created first. And from the perspective of life, girls learn the idealistic views about life and perspective from their mothers. And they also get to learn their realistic perspective from their fathers. Fathers always give a little bit of realism. You've got to be realistic about this. You've got to be realistic about that. It, this is why even when God was blessing Abraham in, in, in Genesis 12, verse 1, he says, I will, 
I will, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. Your name will be great. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. And through you, all families of the world will be blessed. Because it all started with the man. Because when everything happens, happens in man. When the devil wants to attack a nation, the devil will attack a man. And the devil is always, the devil is always looking for the man. Because remember, as a man, you are everything to your family. To your children, you are five important things. You are the provider. You are the protector. You are the promoter. You are the priest. You are the prophet of your family. So when the enemy wants to attack, it attacks the man. And the enemy attacks the three F's of the man. The family, the finances, and the flesh. The devil is looking for your relationships. Attacks your relationships, attacks your family, relationship with your wife, relationship with your children, relationship with your siblings. The devil attacks that. And then if the devil fails, then the devil will attack your finances. And if the devil does not assist in attacking your finances, the devil will attack the flesh. But if you're a child of God, the devil really wants to attack you on all four. So your health is one thing that you must be aware the devil is attacking at all times. But God wants you to prosper. And in John 10, 10, in the New International Version, the thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you must have life and have it more abundantly. And in 3 John 2, in the New King James Version, the Bible says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, but in health, just as your soul prospers. Because you don't just prosper in your flesh. You've got to prosper in your spirit. You also have to prosper in your soul. Because man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. In Genesis 1, chapter 7, God created man in his image. That was when God created man in the spirit. And in Genesis 2, 7, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That's when God now formed the, 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 the flesh man. And into the flesh man, he put the spirit man into the flesh man. Because the spirit man cannot operate in this world. Because this world was given to a man. For him to operate, he needed the flesh to work in. Which is why when God remembers you, the flesh remains and God takes the spirit. So with our body, we relate to the physical world. With the spirit, we relate to the spiritual world. And of course, with the soul, we relate to the intellectual and the emotional world. Now, there are five critical elements to your health. The spiritual health, which is the ability to love, trust, and to accept God's love. Physical, which is fitness and functioning of the body systems. Mental health refers to well in thinking concepts. And emotional health means well in mood and feelings. Social health means healthy in the interaction with other people and surroundings. And of course, holistic health is well all of these three are working in tandem with each other. Because if you have one overpowering the others, you are going to be a social misfit. We are masala bantu wakuti. No masombuli saji kabaniyoko salibongo. Hey, waniskati kabaniyoko salibongo. So all of these dimensions have to be known. What are the threats to a man's life? I'll quickly run through this. Your parentage is going to determine the diseases that you're going to suffer from. We know, as, as I'm going to expand in my discussion, that there are diseases that run in families. Hypertension, diabetes, certain cancers, they run in families. But we also know that in scriptures, there are certain diseases, there are certain spiritual afflictions that run in families. There was a man 
who struggled with his wife to have children. And there was a man who struggled with his wife to have children and who denied, in the face of adversity, he denied his wife and said, this is not my wife. And you know what? He had a son who also denied his wife. He had a son who also struggled with children. I won't go into their names. You know your scriptures. You know exactly who I'm talking about. So there are certain diseases that run within your family. So genetic medical conditions. As a result of your parents, there are certain behaviors that you learn. And as a result of those behaviors, you are afflicted by certain diseases. And of course, also, within the same parentage, you might find the environment becomes important. Because your environment will determine the, some of the diseases that you have to suffer from. Which is why at some point, when Jesus was going to, to, to heal a blind man, he took him out of his territory. Because sometimes your environment can make it very difficult for you to find your healing because your environment can be the very cause of the problem that you're suffering. So the environment is very, very important. Within the environment, you have culture. Within culture, you have natural factors, certain soils, oil, oil, oil pollution. If you go into, into the rural areas, they don't have asthma the day we do here in Dawane, Fanandabu, Tembisa, where there are factories and ESCOM and smoke all over the place, taxis running up and down. All of that will make you suffer from certain conditions. If you go to certain parts of the country, in the West Rastenberg, the soil there is rich with fluoride, and as a result of that, the water gets contaminated with that fluoride. I mean, I must know brown. And it happens. In certain parts of the Eastern Cape, cancer of the esophagus is very common because of the soil that we find in those parts of the world. Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. His father was also blind, if you read the Bible carefully. So there are many things that we have that we have as a result of our environment and that we have as a result of our parentage. Resources. You have more resources, you get fat, you get sick. You have less resources, you have kwashioko, you get sick. So you've got to have a balance. You've got to have a balance. Education, if you are more educated, you attend like today, I'm speaking English, you can understand me, you can utilize the language. If I say go and buy vitamins, you have the cash, you can go and buy them. But if you don't have that and you're living for hand to mouth, you're going to suffer from certain diseases because you are less educated and you don't have access to information. And the biggest threat to a man's health is the man himself. Your attitude. I spoke about men being bad patients. But your attitude towards health, your attitude towards yourself, your attitude towards... There are people who don't respect their bodies, forgetting that their body is the, the temple of God. They just don't respect their bodies. You start by the... the just to wash it is a sign of respect. Your interests are going to kill you or they're going to make you survive. Church is one of the best interests that you can ever have. Cell group and church. So, my man, we talk about it, but you know, your interests are going to determine exactly the type of disease that are going to. Because within your interests, you're going to find your hobbies. You're going to find things that you drink. You're going to find things that you smoke. You're going to find friends that you're going to keep. You know, all of that are going to be tenela for as it's of part. Now, what kills South African men? I don't like spending a lot of time on this slide because it is a bad slide. It talks bad news. Diseases of lifestyle, hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes, and coronary heart diseases. Those are the things that kill men in this country. 
when hypertension is high blood pressure, I don't have time to go under the, uh, on the details. It's when the pressure of the heart becomes high, it can come as a result of obesity, lack of exercise, eating habits, especially if you're eating salty and fatty food. And if you are lazy and you don't exercise, you are going to suffer from this. And it also runs in families. The problem with hypertension is that if you don't treat it properly, you end up with complications. And the complications are what we call end organ disease. It can affect your heart, you can get heart failure, or you can get a heart attack, it can affect your brain, you can get a stroke, or it can affect your kidneys and you can get a kidney failure. And listen, 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 my brother. When your kidneys fail in South Africa, and you are more than 60 years old, we fold our arms and watch you die. Because the only way to save anybody who's got a kidney that has failed chronically or end organ disease is to have a kidney replacement. Now, we are not going to take a kidney out of an 18-year-old who decided to donate their kidney when they died in a car accident and give it to a 60-year-old who was not looking after himself. So dialysis, we only dialyze you in this country if we have put you on the list for a kidney transplant. If you are not on the list of a kidney transplant, we don't waste the resources in dialyzing you. So look after your heart. Look after yourself so that you don't have to be fighting your relatives for their own kidneys. <laughs> Cholesterol will also kill you. Diabetes is also killing. Let me just explain. Cholesterol is an important chemical that is produced by the liver. And its job is to create certain enzymes in the body and certain hormones for bodily function. When it is too high, it gets to clog the blood vessels. And if it clogs the blood vessels in the heart, you have a heart attack. If it clogs the blood vessels in the brain, you get a stroke. If it clogs the blood vessels in the kidney, you get a kidney attack. So you go to guard against food. And when you say you have a high cholesterol, it's something that you need to check at all times. And diabetes, of course, has got nothing to do with sugar. It's got everything to do with the pancreas, which is a gland that produces a hormone that is called the insulin. Insulin's job is that when you have eaten food and it has been broken down into the minutest unit, which is glucose, that it forces the glucose to move out of the blood into the cells, which is where the cells are the generators, are the power plants of the body, which is where energy for the body is going to be created. So if you don't have enough insulin, or your body is not responding to insulin, which is what you say you got diabetes, then you are eating a lot of sugar. The sugar, sugar stays in the blood, it does not go into the cells where it is needed most. And then the body must get rid of that sugar. And then, because they are trying to get rid of the excess sugar, but that sugar is not useful to the body. If it goes on for too long, diabetes will affect blood vessels, and it will also affect nerves. Your nerves become weaker and your blood vessels get blocked. And there's one organ that likes a good blood vessel and a good nerve. And if that blood vessel, if that organ does not get a good nerve and good nerve supply and good blood supply, when you call upon it, now best won't help. If you've got diabetes, Mpesu won't help. <laughs> Look after yourself. Yeah. What kills South African men? Cancer, if you have been saved, but you have not been saved enough, 
You still go to the back pages of the newspaper to read horoscope and you don't understand that horoscope is actually the kingdom of Satan. And you believe in something called cancer. You'll see, if you look there, cancer is represented by a crab. And cancer is named cancer because it moves like a crab. When you try to plug it in one direction, it changes direction. When you try to plug it from one, it changes direction. Cancer is when you have abnormal growth of the cells in an organ to a point where that organ eventually gets destroyed and later those destructive cells will move from that organ to a neighboring organ and sometimes from the neighboring organs to faraway organs that is what we call distant or metastatic cancer. Dangerous disease. The commonest cancer among men is prostate cancer followed by colon, lung, and esophagus. And usually the symptoms are not there in the early stages. You get it when it is very late. And I'll give you a little bit of a tip on how to discover some of the common cancers in your body. I won't, I won't spend time on infectious disease. We know about TB. We know about HIV. We know about COVID-19. Motor vehicle accidents, another killer of men in South Africa. Because people just get into cars. They don't understand that those things are killing machines. People drive at 160, 180 without baiting an eyelid. I don't have time to talk about depression. That's a different subject altogether. Because nothing, you're not going to get depression. Even Elijah himself had to run away from Jezebel and hide in a cave, a petrol depression, over and over. Practical and spiritual approach, I don't have time to go through this and for this. Suffice to say, sickness and death are a result of sin. So, if ye serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and thy water, and he will take away sickness from the midst of you. God was talking to the children of Israel. As, as I am I will defend you from sicknesses. Because we are born into sickness because we are born into sin. But what God promises us is that if we follow his instructions, God will take away the sickness. So, so that's what God promises us. So if you look at all of these things, it's important that we should, we should not over-spiritualize sickness. We should, Jesus says in Matthew 26, verse 41, said, Watch and pray that ye may not enter into temptation. And the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you must watch. You must watch your body. You must watch for yourself. First Peter 5, 18 talks about, talks, talks about the, the, the lion prowling, prowling, looking for prey. So you've got to watch your body, watch yourself. So what I want to teach today in the next 20 minutes is watchfulness. And what is watchfulness? If you take nothing out of today's discussion, I want you to get into the habit of doing an annual health assessment because that's the first sign of watchfulness. You can do it at your family practitioner. Most GPs worth their salt should be able to give you some form of an annual assessment. Like anything else, you can have a TES, you can have a BMW, you can have an S-Class, you can have a Bentley, you can have a Rolls-Royce, you can have economy class, you can have business class. But all of you will get to Debbie. So don't wait for the biggest one. As soon as you are able to do it, in the workplaces, there are many workplaces where this is done. Medical schemes will encourage you to do an annual assessment. Wellness centers are established across the country where people can do these things. 
And number one, he said, we'll do a pre-consultation where we give you some questionnaires, where we ask you some difficult questions that are going to assist us in assessing where you are. And then, of course, we'll send you for a, a consultation where we look through your body, we look through various parts of the body. In certain parts of the body where we are informed by your history, we'll look a little bit more careful than in the average. We'll do some bloods. We'll also do some examination. We'll do some investigations and tests. And then, of course, once we are done, we'll do a post-consultation, and then we'll discuss a health plan with you after that. Now, in the questionnaire, we do a family history. I've already spoken about some disease running in the family. The second thing that we do, we do a medical history. We need to know where you have been, what operations you have had, what previous diseases you have suffered from, because all of that will give us a sense of your state of the nation insofar as your health is concerned. We look at previous illness. We look at previous surgery. If you have had surgery or operations before, we look at allergies. You know, sometimes it's amazing how you give a person an injection and they start to ache. It's simply because now something happens that is very, very disastrous. We look at your nutrition, something that we overlook as many Christians. Nutrition is very, very critical. The content and the preparation, how the food is being prepared. As Africans, the least said about that, the better. Nutrition and undernutrition I've already spoken about. So we give you a question and we look at these things. We look at your consumption of water. Water, 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 everywhere. The first thing that this world was was water. And the last thing that this world is, is water. 70% of you, including your bones, is water. South Africans, we don't drink enough water. That's what pulls And I want to tell you a secret. South African water is Tap water is very, very healthy. You don't need bottled water for you to stay healthy. And lastly, quite often, when you feel hungry, drink water first. Because sometimes the feeling of hunger and the feeling of thirst are intertwined in the brain. And half the time, when all you need is water, you'll be feeling very hungry. So that's why I said, sometimes you should just be drinking water. Vitamins and supplements. I don't have time to talk about this. It's a separate on its own, but our bodies don't need only carbohydrates and proteins and fats. There are certain things that our body needs that is not going to come out of our daily food that we need to supplement by way of vitamins. Exercise and level of activity. I say exercise the way my South African. And by exercise, I just don't mean going, joining gym. Just moving from one point to another, using a flight of stairs instead of a lift, moving across your block, moving around your block, any form of physical activity. It's important for us to check that before we assess your state of health. In the, four, in the 24 hours, eight hours is designed for sleep, eight for work, and eight for the rest of your activities. Give yourself a minimum of eight. Sleep is very, very healthy. Healthy for your hormones, healthy for your blood pressure, healthy for your weight. The less you sleep, the fatter you are going to become. Stress levels. Then we check your stress levels, how far you go. Your personality will determine your stress levels. And of course, your home and work situation will also determine your stress we, we need to see how you, how you cope with stress because all of us have different coping mechanisms. So now 
We Christians don't joke about medical conditions. For anybody who's got a medical condition, they must find solace, they must find comfort in the church to talk about their problems. We must not be the first people to scanner and to gossip about people's problems because we make it difficult as church folk for people to come and disclose their problems. Recreational drugs, Tail of the tapes. It's important that you should check your weight, you should check your height, and against that we do what you call a body mass index where we do a formula. If it is under 18, you are underweight. If it's under, this is very important so that you can gauge yourself because They don't realize that weight and height is important, but also more important is your weight circumference because long carbon carries a lot of chemical toxic substances that cause blood pressure, that cause liver disease, that cause cancer, that cause many. So the tail of the tapes is very very important. And some of the things that we do when we do the annual. And the book of Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says for the life of the body is in its blood. So we do some blood tests as a result because we do some blood tests as a result because the blood is going to tell us a lot about your body. We do diagnostic tests, we look at a full blood count, we look at a renal function, we look at liver function test to see if your liver is functioning properly. We do a lipogram where we'll see cholesterol and the fat content within you. And then, of course, we go ahead and we do screening, HIV and sexual screening. Now I do an HIV and a sexual screen on everybody, including Amanan Amaroma. I leave nothing to chance. It's not because I don't trust human beings, but it's because I don't underestimate the devil. Screening. Screening as a concept it means doing a test to identify a change in the body that signifies presence of the disease before any symptoms appear. That screening is. You can screen for diabetes before any symptoms appear. You can screen for certain cancers before any symptoms appear. And I want you as men, in any examination that you do, now that you have started taking the resolution to test yourself, do what is called protein-specific antigen. Prostate-specific antigen picks up the presence of prostate cancer long before any symptoms appear. Similarly, you can do something called carcinoembryonic antigen, which is also a blood test that can pick up any signs of cancer of the colon before any symptoms appear. Please, please, please. I have saved many lives by just performing these two tests. And then examination. We'll examine a general examination 
organ specific, we look at the heart, we look at the lungs, we look at the brain, we look at the nerves, we look at the joints, we look at the back, we look at everything. We look at the abdomen and we look at the genitals. And of course, we have to look at the prostate. Now, Unkurunkuru is a great architect, but I'm going to the only way we can check your prostate is that I must wake up and go to hotel and find the nest in person I could do better things with my life. But I'm committed to saving your life. And I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Because I don't trust where my finger has been. And prepared to do that to save your life. Amen. Of course, we do certain tests. We do the electrocardiogram to check your heart, to check it in resting, to check it when it is effort. We do a chest X-ray even as the city arrives. We look at your stool to look at any cancer screening to see an evidence of gut health. And then, of course, we look at the outcomes. Based on the outcomes, we'll then refer you accordingly for treatment and counseling where necessary, or we might refer you to a specialist if we have picked up some diseases that need specialist help. But if by all accounts, your GP should be able to deal with you after you have done an annual examination, unless there are specific things that they've picked up. If they've picked up a PSA is up, they'll obviously send you to a urologist for you to be assessed for, for prostate cancer. Allied healthcare professionals, you might send it to a psychologist, you might send it to a nutritionist, you might send it to a podiatrist, but begging yourself. Your hip will need to be replaced simply because your knee was not well aligned. So there's nothing that we take for granted because some of the consequences will happen later. So I'm saying, no, we want everything to be perfect because when God built us, God built us in his image and his image can only be perfect. And then we'll reassess you annually, depending on the case, or biannually, and then we might also uh, give you some supplements. Now, I want to talk two minutes. I've got nine minutes left. I want to talk a minute about obesity. One of the biggest problems that I said we have is obesity. Now, we say obesity can be managed by nutrition and by exercise. But in certain instances, according to a bariatric surgery, that you might do. Famous politician. Why say shoulda yonkeint? Why shoulda gym? Why shoulda diet? Why shoulda in tamba? Why shoulda everything? And eventually presented himself for bariatric surgery and look at the beautiful outcome on the side. How bariatric surgery can assist you. So don't lose hope because these kind of operations are available in South Africa. I don't have time to talk about prostate cancer. Suffice to say, it is the commonest cancer among South African men. It runs in families. It comes with age. And it's also associated with lifestyle, especially lifestyle, and a softy, softy lifestyle.
It's got no symptoms until it is very, very late, at which point you have urinary symptoms. Urinary symptoms where you can urinate frequently, or you can have difficulty in urination, or you can have two embarrassing problems. Number one is what, what, what we call agency. I don't know whether you've been to the toilet. Where people can't hold their urine. And while they're still kicking and trying to get you out of the urine, the urine just comes out themselves. Very, very sad and embarrassing. One of the commonest symptoms of uh, uh, prostate cancer. Or you have something that is called dribbling. We are going to go to the toilet. All of these are symptoms that are very late, but they do indicate presence of cancer of the prostate. We diagnose it, of course, like I say, we can do a PSA, and then we can diagnose it. We do a biopsy. There are various treatments available. We can do surgery. We can remove part of the prostate. We can remove the whole of the prostate. We can give you chemotherapy. We can give you radiation, or we can give you palliative treatment. The palliative treatment, this it says, it's a gonke baguette. So, to me, the kaya manje, wood bag fala meslo, is katsa komase sviga, ungose se kumbulil. It's very sad to bid farewell to a patient with cancer. It's very, very sad. I experienced it two weeks ago when my sister died of a cancer of the, of, of the abdomen. Only two weeks ago. When the doctor sent you home and they say there's nothing that we can do for you, go and go peacefully in front of your family members. Now, for those concerts where God has given us a gift of being able to identify and pick them up early, I advise you, please, anybody who's over the age of 30, get into the habit of doing a PSA at least once a year. Cancer of the colon, I, I can't spend too much time for that. Also very common, risk factors include family history, age, lifestyle, no symptoms until it is late, and then of course it can also be done by, by surgery, or you can identify it early by doing casino embryonic antigen. Health warnings. I've got five minutes to tell you and give you health warnings. What do I mean by that? If you experience any of the following, you must not stay at home. You must go and see a nurse or a doctor. Acute, those that happen, acute chest pain, any chest pain that comes within a short space of time, please get it checked out. Don't leave it. Shortness of breath, <gasps> please. Suga, suga, suga. Humble your body to Any dizziness, don't take it. Sudden severe headache, please get it attended as soon as it is humanly possible. Over a longer period, if you have loss of weight, don't leave it alone. Don't leave it alone. It is a big problem to lose weight. You see, we don't gain weight because as people gain weight, they buy more clothes, they buy bigger clothes, they buy bigger clothes. In fact, about to put gain weight, but in Bathas must not. But you don't lose weight. They don't change their clothes too often. But if you have any changes in your weight, please, your check. Any change in your bowel habits, 
Whether you suddenly have constipation, or suddenly have diarrhea, please go and check it out. Any changes in your urination, whether so trauma frequently or less frequently, please go and change. Any change in your drinking patterns, whether so pusa kakuda manzi or you drink less, please go and change because all of these are health warning signs. I always say there is no sudden disease. God has given us bodies that want us. Oh, there is something wrong. The problem, Sengama taught, is that we ignore the warning signs. And why we ignore the warning signs? Because it all started in the garden. Sometimes I hear Zalem do the I'm going to have a weekend, man. Weekend, I'm busy managing the presentation tomorrow, and then finding clients, and finding travel, and then I came to Park, finding home business. Then, of course, we keep postponing because we put our work and many other things ahead of our health. Anything that is persistent, persistent cough, you must check it out. Persistent headache, you must check it out. Because I always believe that the spiritual and the scientific are not fighting each other. The two are working together. Practicality can never be separated over spirituality. God wants us to live a life that is prosperous in all aspects. Beloved, I pray that you may have prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Healthy lifestyle is still the ultimate answer. What Omunye is a lifting at a private hospital in Cape Town with a very young guy who are you? What no? I'm Mr. Fenta. Oh, Mr. Fenta. Oh, good to see you. So what job do you do? Oh, no, I'm a doctor. Oh, you're a doctor, but they call you a mister. I said, yes. You see, when, when a patient comes in uh, and they see the junior doctor who's an intern, and intern can't deal with it, they send it to a, to a medical officer. And if the medical officer cannot deal with it, they send it to a register. When the register cannot deal with it, they send it to a consultant. When the consultant cannot deal with it, they send it to the head of department, which is me. So they call you Mr. because you are the big boss. Said, ah, oh, okay. Very interesting. And then he turned around and said, and then who are you? I know, I mean, I'm Pastor Christopher Matt. Oh, Pastor Christopher Matt. Okay, what do you do? He said, no, when you have failed, they call me. <laughs> Healthy lifestyle is still the ultimate answer. Whichever way you want to look at it, it's important that you eat properly, it's important that you exercise regularly. It's important that you avoid obesity. You drink a lot of water. You avoid abuse of alcohol and drugs. You sleep sufficiently. You avoid and manage stress. And remember that tigers do cry, my daughter. Learn to the tigers don't cry. In your business, and daughters Here's we said the move. Take appropriate supplements, wherever the doctor says, and screen yourself regularly. Renew your mind so that you can hear the voice of God and guiding you accordingly. Conclusion, Jesus is a healer at all times. Yeah. Pastor Christopher Matt says, yeah. He was
obey the word of God, God promises to take sickness away from us. Prayer, obedience, sacrifice. 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 I said the devil attacks your family, your finances, and your flesh. And to protect it, one of the things that you need to do other than prayer, obedience, and watchfulness, sacrifice. You must sacrifice to the church in your offering. Because an offering is a soul, is a seed that you sow. You must also sacrifice with your tithing. Because your tithing is a debt that you owe. But more importantly, you must also honor your parents. I'll see this on the other time tithe and offer. Must figure again in our corner. God said, honor your parents. So to protect all you have, including your health, it's important. Finally, Mfundis, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 12 to 13. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. And through his disease, though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. Please, Basara, it is dangerous only to rely on doctors because the super healer is our Lord and Savior. Wow. Come on, let's give it to talk this morning. Before you sing, before we pray, before we pray for men's health, um, Doc, I think there are two questions here. The first one, obviously, Ute, Umagunez, easy for Unenev, so we need to ask this question for other men and then to say and sometimes you move around there are people who are advertising we can enlarge it we can help you and all that and men they go to these places but in a professional way Maybe answer those zombies. We just have uh, uh, five minutes, no doctor. Is it right to enlarge? And um, number two, it's no longer working. And uh, how do we go about it? Uh, is it right to enlarge? I started off by talking about why men are bad patients and the spirit of comparison. That uh, the, the whole fallacy of trying to enlarge men's organs comes from because men like comparing each other. Now, there are two things that you must remember. <clears throat> Scientific evidence has shown that the difference between men's organs when, it is, when they are erect, is actually very minuscule than the difference between them when they are flaccid 
and non-erect. So too many people focus on the size of the male organ when it is not erect. And it's not going to do much except to urinate when it is not erect. <laughs> so, there is no reason, therefore, to enlarge because they are pretty much equal when they are erect. Now, like in everything else, you do have exceptions. But I'm talking... But I'm, I'm addressing the law of averages. The problem with us men is that we talk about these things among each other. We never really ask women as to what they want and what they prefer. Because if you involve women in this whole equation, you realize that quite a significant number of women are not even interested so much into the size but into your ability to use um chinois. Oh, Number three, all of these enlargement advertisements are just scams to eat your money. Anatomically, there is no functional way in which you can increase the male organ and get it to function better. This is a fallacy. Concentrate on what God has given you. Concentrate on the relationship that we have with the Lord. And concentrate on using it perfectly. And concentrate on what you have and what you have. Oh, Four or five yako. Agione yako. Erangos gazwako. When I was chauffeur, I had a And if you are a chauffeur, you take the car to where the owner has sent you. Because a motor, a tattoo, a panther, a gum, niggas, has got a, has got a, and a canny ability of getting into accidents. So please, Look at your organ as not your own, but as somebody's community of property. And look, look after it. And God will look after it if you're concentrating and focusing on having sexual relations within the context of marriage, as God has done. Now, please remember, there are a few things that must be in place for normal sexual relations to happen. Number one, it has to happen in a normal and healthy relationship. That's the first prerequisite. It must happen in a normal and healthy relationship. Number two, the, man, the mind of the man has to be relaxed and has to be functioning properly without any amount of stress and many things that are muddling it up. Number three, the nerves must be correct. Number four, the blood vessels must be correct. Number five, the hormones must be correct. That was by the pants. relationship, your psyche, your mind, the blood vessels, the nerves, and testosterone, or the hormones. 
Now, any of those five things can go wrong. So if you've got a problem of sexual relations, we need to define what it is. Whether in kanyungo engeko, or it is the interest or the libido that has gone down, or it is the erections that you can't have, or it is premature ejaculation, or whatever problem it is, we need to define it first in medical terms and see where the problem lies. Once we've done that, then we'll investigate each and every one of these aspects as a whole. And half the time, because our bodies don't read textbooks and don't listen to Victor Ramatisil, our bodies will find a variety of problems within that context. Sometimes you find a relationship that has got issues within it. You find a man who has just lost a job and whatever, and on top of that, he's just started having diabetes and he's using certain medications. Because remember, there are also certain medications, I just forgot to add, that might affect your sexual function, especially medications that you use for depression and other psychiatric conditions. So it is important to look at everything in totality and not just hone in. Sit to him, you're crazy, but you're fucking busy. Because in doing so, you might even damage the kidneys further and, and, and worsen your diabetes situation. So so but it's all of these things that need to run in tandem. And our responsibility as practitioners is to look at all of these things. But don't forget also that it can be a spiritual affliction. That the devil can attack your family. And the devil can attack your love life. And we have seen situations where we have checked all of these five things and there's nothing wrong with an individual. And all we find that they were a spiritual wife or a spiritual husband that is at play and is creating problems within their relationship. So you've got to, at some point, given all of these things in Kurmangas, you must still go and consult the biggest doctor represented in this world by him. So that all of these things can be done into, into tandem. I've always said there is no conflict between science and spirituality. In fact, the two work together. And I'm one of the proponents of saying, don't rely on the on spiritual aspects alone, don't rely on the scientific aspects alone, because the two are always working together. So sometimes sexual relations issues can be a spiritual affliction that needs to be delivered, that way sure. you need to be delivered from or to be preyed upon. So, sure. Doc. Thank you.